Welcome. You're listening to the Heritage Podcast. To learn more about Heritage, including meeting times and upcoming events, visit us online at www.heritageff.org. Now, let's get into today's podcast. Address the word of God today, and I'm dealing with with some things. I'll get into it, but I want to talk tonight about being seated in love. We're talking about being seated, and then walking, and then standing. These are the three elements. But I'm not through with the subject of seated yet. We're going to get into this, but seated in love. So before we get started, let's go into prayer and uh, let's go to the word of God over this. And before I go to prayer, remember this: that you can join us by uh, watching us on uh, HeritageFF.org. And our Facebook page there, you'll find that link there. As well as you can go to YouTube and go to HFF and uh, YouTube. And, and you'll be able to find us there. And we're on live there as well. So I want to let you know that as you go on. And then follow us on Instagram. And uh, you'll be able to see all the different social outlets by which we're on. And I want to thank you. And while you're watching the broadcast, you like something I say, put that like button up there. Let somebody know that you're enjoying what we're saying. Let us know that you're here as well. Send us a comment. We appreciate every one of you. Father, in the authority of the name of Jesus, I thank you for tonight. I, I, I stand in agreement with every, every individual who's watching right now. The eyes of our understanding are being enlightened. I say that our eyes are comprehending, our heart comprehending the very depth and length of the riches of the glory of God. We're thanking you for all that you've done for us in the authority of the name of Jesus. And Holy Spirit, you are the greatest teacher there is. So now you'll administer life and godliness to every one of these series in Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, we love you. We thank God for you once again. And we're going to go back into the Word. Now, real quick, I just want to, I don't want to give um, too much attention to this COVID-19. And, and I know it's there. <coughs> Excuse me. I realize that that uh, it is a, a, a virus that everybody's dealing with. And uh, I, I comprehend that. But in order to deal with what's going on, we have to understand the world is dealing with the virus. We as believers deal with the virus with faith. We understand that. And now let, let me say this to you before we even get started this. Some at the beginning asked me, are you going to operate in wisdom or are you going to operate in faith? Well, now you can't separate wisdom from faith. If you're going to operate in wisdom of God, you, can't, you cannot exclude faith. You can't take it out. And if you're going to operate by faith, it's the highest wisdom there is. So wisdom and faith go hand in hand. So obey the, the laws of the land to, to, to the level of it. Then, but more importantly, obey the laws of the Spirit of God. And confess the Word of God. Deal with this. Don't allow the fear of it to deal with it. And then I don't want to uh, uh, beat that bush again about the, the virus. We're going to get into the Word and deal with our health and healing on this. Now, in the book of Ephesians, the Apostle Paul is writing to the church of Ephesus here. And he's dealing with two people, two groups of people. He's dealing with the fact of, of the Jewish nation who are, live in Ephesus, who got born again. And came and got came into the local body, and then you got the Gentiles. The Gentile is anybody outside of that, the person that had was not connected into Jewish roots. And so these people get born again, and guess what happens? They get into one church. So you got the the Jewish nation, the Hebrew nation, with all the rules and all the regulations of the Old Testament and all the laws that were put on them. They come into the church and they're still trying to put them in motion. you got the Gentiles who had no teaching whatsoever in the kingdom of God, didn't know who God was, worshipped false idols, 
worshiped a variety of other things. So when Paul's addressing the church of Ephesus, he's addressing all these things to have a common unity, to come together. And so in it, he's giving the depth of the revelation of who we are. In the book of Ephesians chapter 1, chapter 2, and chapter 3, the Apostle Paul deals with our spiritual positioning in God, who we are in Christ Jesus. Chapters 3, 4, uh, 4 5, and 6, the Apostle Paul deals to the church of Ephesus of the practical way to live in the realm of the Spirit. So you need both. So uh, we're dealing with this, and, and the reason this is so important that we catch this is because of who we are in Christ and where we're at, especially in the hour we're dealing with. Now watch this. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4 and 6 We've been dealing with this verse. But God, who is rich in mercy, for His great love wherewith He had loved us. Now, we've read this verse, but listen to it. His great love wherewith He had loved us. He hath released His attention, His affection, His compassion, His mercy, His overwhelming presence directed right at you. You are the target of God's affection. God loves you. God who is rich in mercy and loved us. And when we were dead in sins, quickened, that's an old King James word meaning made alive. He has made us alive together with Christ. And by grace are you saved. And then verse 6 says this. Are you ready? And hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So right now with everything going on, every situation, turn it on and everybody's giving you this alert about virus this, virus that. Let me give you an alert. If I could put one across the screen, I would. And I'd say this, alert, alert, alert. You're seated in Christ Jesus far above all powers and principalities of this world. You've defeated Satan because Jesus defeated Satan. You are more than a conqueror right now. Alert, alert, you're born again. Alert, the life of God's on the inside of you. Alert, alert, you're well, you're healthy and you're strong. Alert, alert, you have the mind of Christ and not the mind of a crisis. So together we've been raised up in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Glory be to God. Now, uh, in dealing with the Apostle Paul when he made this, but God who is rich uh, in mercy because of his great love. Now, because of his great love, he's rich in mercy. He's not merciful and then over here operates in love once in a while. What he is saying in verse is this, God loves us and His mercy is a result of it being released towards us. God is a God of mercy. And His mercy endures for a thousand generations. Now, here's where I wanted to, to deal with. And here's our foundation to the message the, of what I'm teaching on. Number one, we are right now seated in Christ Jesus. Right now, we're seated in Christ. Very important. We are therefore to take our seated position in Christ. That's positional now. Number two, we are to walk by faith in Christ. We're supposed to walk by faith in Christ. Now, uh, you know, it's important that we walk by faith. It is very important, very crucial that you and I walk by faith. But if we're not, if we don't learn how to be seated in a, the position we are in Christ, we won't have that intimate relationship with Him to know how to walk. That's why I'm dealing with this, to be seated with Christ. And then to walk by, walk by faith in Christ. And then thirdly, 
We're to stand firm in Christ. We're to stand, having done all to stand. Man, when David went after Goliath, he was running, but he was more so standing on the promise of God. That's what made him run so aggressively. He was in action, doing what he needed to do. Why? Because he was able to stand in the presence of God. He was the one who wrote your favorite, one of my favorite verses, one of yours too, Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. He wrote that out in the field, man, when he was sitting with Christ, walking with God, and then he stood against every obstacle. Bear, lion, and then Goliath. And that same truth is for us today. Now, to be seated in Christ, point number one here tonight. Are you ready? On this Wednesday night, let me share this with you. To be seated in Christ is to see that God loved you so much to see you or I perish. God does not want you perishing. God didn't want you to perish, and He doesn't want you during these hours right now. The same God who spoke into existence, and let there be light, in the very, very genesis of this all, God created everything. And when He did that, He had you and I in mind. So God did not design us to perish. God does not want us to be without. Just a moment, we'll deal with that. Now, in order to understand that, God didn't want us to perish. Look at, look at this. Uh, the Apostle Peter wrote this in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9. 2 Peter 3, 9, we read this verse of Scripture. It says, uh, uh, I'm going to wait for you to get there. 2 Peter 3, 9. Take, get something, write this down. It said, and this is very important. According to Peter, he is not willing. God is not willing. He God, He the Most High, He God your Father, He the One who is majestic, who is all in all. He said, I am that I am. This one said, I'm not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Notice the simplicity of this. He said, you can either perish or do something very simple in your life. Repent. It's all it takes is to accept what God did, repent, and he said, and perishing is done. It's over with. I mean, can you imagine that? I mean, now we're dealing with the spiritual aspect on this. He said, according to this, it, he is not willing that any should perish. So let me tell you this. God's not willing that you perish. God did not create, has ever created, any diseases. He said, none of these diseases shall I put on you. He spoke that over, in, over to the children of Israel after they came out of the bondage. He said, I'll not put any of these diseases on you. I am Jehovah Rapha. I'm the God that heals you. One of the verses of that, he is Jehovah Rophe. He's Rapha, the doctor, the healer. He is also Rophe, the physician and the cure. And he's the medication. He is the prescription. So the word of God is our medicine. So we understand that. So right now in the midst of everything that's going on, your medicine right now, they don't need to create a vaccine for you. I know they're working on it. I know they're doing their best to do it. But God created a vaccine called the word of God. And that word is initiated every time you and I speak the word of God, put it down into our system. In Jesus' name. God is not willing that any should perish. God's not willing that you perish in bankruptcy. God's not willing that you perish emotionally. God's not willing that, that, that you perish through despondency or disappointment or frustration or through stress, especially during these moments. Uh, this, this is uh, this moment of where they call it the social distancing. For many people, it's created isolation. You know, Jesus said, all of you have left me alone, but I'm not alone. The Father is with me. 
You're not alone. Your God is with you. You're not alone. Father God is with you. He loves you. He cares about you. And right where you're at, all you got to do is invoke his name. And he said, wherever two or more gathered in my name, there am I in the midst. Well, praise God for it. If you know that I'm praying for you and I know you're praying for me, guess what? God is in our midst. God is not forsaken us. God is blessing. God is a healer. God is a deliverer. So he's not willing that any prayers. God has never considered, here's another point, listen to this statement. God has never considered you or anyone else unworthy. God has never considered you or anyone else unworthy. So he offered himself his best, his best, his very best to prove his love to us. Now think about that. God proved his love in his, in, in his presenting of himself. So he did this. In 2 Peter 3, 9, in the message translation, oh, I, I really enjoy this. It says this, God is not late with his promise. God isn't late with his promise as some measure lateness. Now, I like this. Listen to this. He, your God, my God, our God, is restraining himself on account of you, holding back the end because he doesn't want anyone lost. He doesn't want anybody lost. He's giving everyone space and time to change. Oh, think about it. God loves you so much. When you and I are seated in Christ, and we're, we're, the moment we sit down, that is not the conclusion. That's the beginning of our journey of comprehending how good and how vast and how wonderful God is. The angels round the throne singing, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty in the book of Revelation. And the, the two round the throne. And every time they round the throne, they go, Holy, they shout out. Don't, don't look at that verse and go, Well, they're going, here I go again, Holy. Hold I've been doing this since God created me to fly and go around. Those angels, they've got six wings. Two wings cover their legs, two cover their eyes, and the other two fly. Sue, they, he's God's so wonderful, they can't even look at him. They, can't, they have to cover their feet, so he's so holy. And then the others, they fly, and then they shout, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Think about that. Well, God's almighty. Every time they circle that and they shout that out, they're getting another glimpse of this wonderful creator who created them. That's our God. Every time you read the scripture, please do not get so comfortable and abandon your excitement when you read the scripture. It's alive forevermore. This is a living word. God restrained it on your account. He's giving everyone space and time to change. Right now, God's giving you time and space to change. Now, now, here's what we got to do. See yourself the way God sees you. Right now, see yourself the way God sees you. This, according to the book of James, is the mirror. This is the mirror. We look at this, and this is what we see ourselves in. Don't look at your past. That, that's not, that is not relevant anymore. We see ourselves the way God sees us. We see ourselves in the, in the new creation realities. Now, give me, look with me, please. Don't think because you read this verse before that you know it. Please go to John chapter 3, verse 16. I want you to look at it. I want you to see it. Go to your device. Go to your Bible. Look it up. And I want you to look at that verse of Scripture with me. Now, according to John's gospel, chapter 3, verse 16, and we understand there were no chapters of verse. I get that. But now watch this. God, Elohim, God, the Most High, the Majestic One. Once again, the Great I Am, the One that made the statement that I am with you and I'll never forsake you. This same God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish. There's that word perish again. 
shall not perish, but have everlasting life. God does not want you in ruin. God does not, does not want you in any form of despondency, any form of, of, of lack in any way, shape, or form. That's not how God created you. God doesn't want you that way. In John 3, 16, listen to this. God, and then I want to emphasize this giant S, this giant O, if you can see that. A giant S, a giant O. The, the word so is the biggest little word in the Bible. God so loved. It didn't just say God loved. It said God so loved. And when God so loved, in that word so are two powerful things. In that word God so loved that God so took all the anguish and all of the hardships and all of the, the, the strain of being alone and without God on this earth. And then on the soul part of it is that we became the righteousness of Almighty God. And God so loved you that He put Himself in you, gave Himself to you, and then you in turn received Him. Now you and He are one. Praise God for it. So is the biggest little word in the Bible. It includes all the agonies of the cross, all the riches of His grace, the great gift of His Son, all the depths of His Son, all the heights, according to Hebrew, uh, Ephesians, the breadth, the length of His love and His mercy. And here we find out that His grace is involved in all this. So can you see it? Can, I mean, think about it. Can you see this verse? God so loved the world. That he gave. We're seated in him right now. The, why did he give? So that we could be in Christ. God, love was the only answer to my, mankind's lost condition. So now that we're seated in Christ, guess what? You're not lost. You are not lost. You don't have to run around and say, well, you know, I'm just an old sinner. I never know what God's going to do. Yes, you do. God loves you. God cares about you. God's with you. God's going to help you. He is your helper. He is your strengthener. He is your guide. He's your all in all. He's right there with you right now. So Christ was God's answer to the sin problem. This answer took on flesh and then became a gift that died. This gift was buried. Then this gift rose again from the dead and he did it all for you. Then when he sat down at the right hand of the Father, we sat down with him. Do you recognize this? Here's what I want you to see. Can you get it? God so loved the world that when Jesus died and the sin died, so did your sin problem die. When Jesus was buried, so were you. You were buried with him. When, you, when he rose from the dead, so did you rise from the dead. When he sat down, so did you. So as he is in this world, so are you. Glory be to God. God has made it possible for you and I to raise our hands and say, Glory be to God, I am a new creation. Old things are passed away. We're going to get to that verse a little bit. But because we're seated in Christ himself, love has given us a position in himself. So to be seated in Christ is to give us a position in Christ. So I don't know why everybody's fighting over titles and positions. You know, you know there's no reason to fight over it. Listen, there's no reason for any, anybody to be in competition with each other in Christ. There isn't. You're as saved as I'm saved. Jesus died for me, he died for you. God, your Father, is my, my Father. The Holy Spirit lives in you just like he lives in me. There's no competition. Listen, God is God. We can't compete against God. Don't want to compete against God. God is God. No reason 
to compete against the devil, he's lost. He's a loser. There's no reason to compete against a loser. When you know somebody's come to the plate and they got a history of striking out over and over and over and over and over again and they never hit the ball, it's a loser, man. So Satan is a loser from the beginning. Right now, Satan is a loser. I want to repeat myself. He's an ex-employee of heaven, has no authority over your life whatsoever. Satan is defeated. All you and I got to do is live the life of God and enforce Satan's defeat. The seated position is a position in Christ himself. He lives in us. It's this seated position, we can know how God sees us as well as hears us. 1 Peter 3.12 makes this statement. 1 Peter 3.12, uh, this is powerful. The eyes of the Lord are over the righteous. Hey, you're the righteous of God. The eyes of the Lord are on you. Listen to this. And his ears are open to their prayers. His ears are open to their prayers. So the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous. So the, you are the righteousness of God. You were made righteous. According to 1 Corinthians chapter 1, he makes a statement. We've been made wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. We've been made righteous. We were made the righteousness of God. So I have an authority. I'm not being arrogant with that. I'm being accurate, boldly with it. Now, I've said this before many times. That nobody argues with an airline pilot who gets on the announcement and says, ladies and gentlemen, we're about ready to take off and uh, we're going to be taking off here from the uh, airport, such and such, and then we'll be landing in our destination in five and a half hours and we'll be arriving at such and such time. The, the wind is like this and I just want to let you know I, can take, I, I know how to take off. I'm just not sure how to land this plane. Uh, but we'll see what happens once I get there. You know, if, if he's not sure if he can land... I don't know if you want to fly with such a pilot. But nobody ever says, uh, you know, I think that pilot's a little arrogant there to say he knows how to fly this plane with all of us in it. You would buy a ticket if you didn't trust that man. And, mo and all of us have got on a plane, and most have never, almost nobody knows who the pilot is. You just hear his voice. Very few know, oh, I know that pilot. Very few know. But God, we know. We know what God will do. God is a healing God. His eyes are on the righteous and his ears are open to the Lord. So I'm bold about it. I'm the righteousness of God. You ought to be bold about it right now. I'm the righteousness of God. That's what you ought to be saying. And in it saying, Father, I thank you that you position me in you. And I'm positioned in you. And I'm aware of what's going on in the world today. I'm not ignorant of that. I'm not ignorant of Satan's devices. And I know Satan is a destroyer. And I know that he is the wicked one, the, the, which literally means the diseased one. And I know that he is endeavoring like a roaring lion to seek and kill who, who he can. But I want to say, Father, I cast all my care over to you and I humble myself before you. And I trust in you. And because my trust is in you, I'm saying, if I just follow your instructions, do what you tell me to do, I could be virus free. I could be poverty free. I can live in health and I can live in wealth because Jesus is Lord. From this seated position, we can see how he invites us, uh, fights you, invites you and me to call on his name. Now, no, point number two is this. This seated position allows you to see yourself as God sees you. I said earlier, see yourself the way God sees you. When you're sitting above, you can see a variety of different things. You know that you cannot get a satellite vision from sitting on the ground in your grass. You have to be above above the clouds, above the earth, and then from a, from, uh, a space, uh, from a space capsule, shoot it down, and you get an image of the globe. And you shoot it in and zoom in. That's how you get an image of what the, everything else is. Now, when you're above only, that's the kind of image you have when you're seated in Christ. See yourself the way God sees you. Uh, and once again, uh, in 1 John, 
the first John, the letter. First John 3, 2. This is not the, the, uh, the gospel of John. It's the epistle of John. First John 3, 2 says this. Oh, you ready for it? This is shouting stuff. Right in your living room, some of you in your pajamas just get up and shout. Beloved, now, right now, are we the sons of God. Right now, we're the sons of God, and it does not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when He shall appear, we shall be like Him. For we shall see Him as He is. We shall see Him as he is. Now think about that. See him as he is. Right now, by faith we see. By, right now, by faith we believe that we receive. But here he says, but we shall be like him for we shall see him. Can you imagine when your spirit, soul, and body are in an incorruptible state, total walking in, with, uh, in immortality, I mean the, the power of God with our new created body in Christ Jesus, and we get to look at this wonderful Lord of Savior of ours and see the most high God. Oh, it's going to be awesome. We are right now seated in Christ as sons of God. Right now we're seated because we have been, we become the exact duplication of the God kind. Now that, that right there might make some individuals upset, but we are seated right now according to the verse of Scripture. And I want you to notice this powerful revelation. Go to Genesis chapter 2, verse 3. Genesis chapter 2, verse 3, and I want you to see this. In the book of Genesis, starting it off, off watch this in verse 3. And it says this, And God blessed the seventh day, sanctified it, because that in it He had rested in all His work, now I want you to notice very closely, which God created and made. So when God started off, and we read this, and God blessed the seventh day, and we read this very, very important thing. God created and God made. So there's things God created, and then there's things that God made after the creation. Very important. God did not create man. God formed man. God did not create man. God made man. The difference. Another way to state this is, He molded him out of the dust of the ground. So that meant the dust was here already. The earth was already here. God created the globe. God created earth. God created the dust. But from the dust, He formed man. So He made man out of creation. So man who was made out of creation, has authority over the creation. It would be like somebody chopping down a tree and then building a house. Now, if a person chopped down a tree and several trees and cut the wood, shaved the woods, and then built themselves a house, now that person didn't create the house. Why? Because the tree already existed. He took existing substance to build what he wanted to build. So he, so he didn't create the house, what he did was he built the house. Now, this person did three things. He moved it, he changed its form, and it turned into a house. He moved it, changed its form. When Jesus Christ died on the cross, he moved heaven and earth to come together to get rid of sin. Jesus Christ moved sin and from as far as east is from the west. And when he did that, he moved it. Then he changed its form. You are a new creature. Old things are passed away. You're changed. He changed its form. So you're no longer just natural. You are spiritual. You are supernatural. You are created in the image and the likeness of God. 
We are created the way God wanted us to be. I, I, in this vessel, it's fit for the use of God. This vessel is called the temple of the Most High God, the temple of the Holy Ghost. He changed its form, and then he made a house. So this is now the container of the glory of God. If you want to know where God lives, he lives inside every believer. He lives inside your heart. He lives inside. And when you say yes to Jesus Christ, when you say, I love you, Jesus, and you're in your, you become seated in Christ, and you become the house that God can live in. From the seated position, ladies and gentlemen, we are everything God said we are. I want to let you know God is, has blessed you already with all spiritual blessings. God has given you all power right now. He's given you all authority. You and I walk in the authority of life. We do it because God's love is so powerful, so sustainable that the love of God wiped out the sin that separated us from God. So God loves you. John said it this way in the, in the epistle, John. He said, uh, he makes this reference. He said that uh, we have known and believed the love God has for us. People say, well, I know God loves me, but here's the challenge with most. They don't believe he loves them. You got to believe God loves you. And when you believe God loves you, you know what you'll do? You'll give up all kinds of natural stuff that'll separate you from God. You know that Enoch walked with God and then the Bible said he wasn't? What did Enoch have to give up to be that close with God? That nothing else at that time was so appealing to him that he stayed away from it. All his other friends, all his other relatives said, come on, Enoch, come do this. No, no, see, I have a relationship with God. No, no, I want, to, I want to walk with my God. I want to walk by God. And he got so, so into who God was that God said, come on with me. And he left planet Earth and walked with God. Oh, and he was and he was not. Listen, the day's coming when you and I are on this planet and then there's coming a rapture and you and I are leaving planet Earth and we're going to be caught up with him in the air. Glory be to God. So he moved it, he changed its form and he made it into a house. And now that puts us in a seated position. So where are we seated? With Christ. Who is he? The God of love. And God loves you. And God is not out to hurt you. God is not out to make you diseased. God is not out to cripple your, cripple your body, cripple your mind, cripple your finances in any way, shape, or form. God loves you. He gave you, he's rich in mercy, and he, just, he put richness of mercy on the inside of you. I love you. I thank God for you. If you were encouraged by today's message and believe it would be uplifting to others, then be sure to rate us and hit subscribe. To experience more of Heritage, visit us at www.heritageff.org. Again, thank you for listening to the Heritage Podcast today. And remember, Jesus is Lord.